This is The Rational Perspective. I'm Alec Hogg. In this episode, we revisit Gatsby and find out how to sell a 100 million rand Joburg Palace. In April last year, I conducted a sponsored interview with Rory O'Hagan, former private banker who switched to selling super homes for the estate agency Chaz Everett. He showed me around his prize project of the time, a 100 million rand plus palace on Johannesburg's Houghton Ridge, a palace they call Gatsby. I made a mental note to revisit the project and hopefully discover what kind of person would make such a massive personal investment in South Africa's commercial capital at such an uncertain time. And this week, I duly caught up with Gatsby's creator, Steve Pellerade, whose company of the same name is the go-to place when South Africa's super-rich are looking for new homes. He didn't drop any names in this business, discretion is absolute, but he did share enough to give us a useful insight into the lifestyle of an African billionaire, that 0.1% of the 1%. We kick off the discussion by exploring what made him create the palace he named after the central character in F. Scott Fitzgerald's legendary novel. We started with Gatsby over 10 years ago, and we we knew it was going to be uh, an incredible super home and that it would appeal to um, a certain type of person, uh, a regional magnet, uh, a really large person. It entered the market uh, just shy of uh, 18 months ago, and at quite a price, and we had a great, great response. Uh, it's, it's a unique property. It's, it's quite iconic. And we, we got an offer within, I would say, within the first six weeks, which, which is great. Well, particularly for that time of, of South Africa's history. It's very different today, but you go back 18 months, it wasn't looking as rosy. Absolutely. And, you know, the offer was, was, was north of $100 million. So we were delighted, uh, and the high-profile buyer wanted to purchase it fully furnished. We were, we were obviously really excited. However, the deal didn't, didn't go to completion. Uh, we had it off the market for six months whilst waiting for uh, the, the buyer to perform. And uh, for, 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 we believe, almost political reasons, um, he, he decided not to, not to purchase the house, and uh, um, he didn't uh, eventually come to South Africa with his family, which, you know, which was his plan. Steve, what kind of a profile are we talking about of people who buy homes for, in Johannesburg for $100 million plus? This, this, this chap uh, and his family were, were looking at... Um, relocating to Johannesburg, involved in mining, and uh, had plans to, 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 expand, uh, to expand his business. And to, to, you know, for us, because we look at the, the family dynamics, to, to, to have a home that was um, a showcase and, and a home that he could you know, carry out his meetings. I mean, just to give you an idea, this property, it has eight bedrooms. Uh, it, it, it actually has its own private nightclub and entertaining venue. It's, uh, it's got conference facilities and uh, it's got guest suites. Literally every little whistle and bell that you could, you could possibly want. So th- this was going to be superb for him. He, he wanted to move his African head office to Johannesburg. 
and this home would have really been his Johannesburg home as well as uh, his, his private hotel to, to, to entertain and, and, and carry out uh, business activities. But what, what kind of people, not talking about him in particular, but clearly you're now bringing the house back onto the market. Who is likely to be the person who would finally end up with it? It's a big house for a big person. Um, it's, it's akin to the trophy properties that you find all over the world. In our business, we've been catering for the, you know, this unique clientele and, and, and the type of home they would want. They really are looking for something completely out of the usual. They, they look for extravagant necessities that, that are important for them. And these homes are really extensions of, of themselves and people they, I think, want to be seen as. For us, it, it, it's also looking just behind the, the business side of it. What sort of home would appeal to his family? So you're not just catering for him. You're, you're also catering for his uh, private staff, his au pairs, his, uh, his secretaries. You're also looking at the, the, the managers that run the estate. You're also looking at where do the kids go to school? Where, where do the chauffeurs park? It, it's, it's really quite multidimensional. When we're creating super homes, we're trying to look at 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 really a, a complete package. We, it's not just personal, uh, as you get with most homes. It's also business, and we we need to cater for that. So take us through how Gatsby came to being. One of the things that I do is uh, I try and find unique locations for, for our type of clients, and whether it's the beach or one of the leading suburbs or it's a particular view site. With Gatsby, we find an absolutely unique uh, site on Houghton Ridge. So you've got almost, uh, I would say, quite incredible views. It's a large site. The issue for us with that site was that um, it's, uh, it was quite steep and, and quite difficult to, to try and fit in all the things that, uh, that you know, we had planned to, to put in there. What was, should have been, uh, I'd say, a 24-month project ended up taking us uh, six to seven years to complete, and uh, and, and that in itself is, is something that you you wouldn't ordinarily do for a client. They're not going to wait that long. So this 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 particular site was unusual. So was there a house there? Did you go in and knock a house down and start from scratch? There was an old uh, 1960s Frank Lloyd Wright type house, and uh, it wasn't protected uh, heritage wise. Um, tired. And uh, we, we literally flattened it um, and then started uh, establishing the site for the home. What you do then is find the right location to begin with and then bring your ideas and your dreams and your creativity to bear in building, which many people have, who've seen Gatsby have said is a palace, the closest thing that you'll find to a palace in Johannesburg. I think when you're looking at us, you know, when we start establishing a site, you, you have to look at the end game. So we pretty much knew the, the, the sort of property that we you know, wanted to create there. We knew right from the beginning that the house would be in the region of 2,000 square meters. So you've got your, your platform to, to move from there. And then, of course, we know what has to go into that. So you then, it's, it's really building blocks. You, you then start looking at the amount of reception rooms, the, the ingress and the egress, uh, the, the security issues, and you, you just have a team around you, which normally consists of your, your architectural team, your interior architectural team, your interior designers, and your landscapers. And they work in conjunction with uh, your various engineers, your electrical, your, your home automation engineers. You're planning preparation for a home of this magnitude um, before we even um, 
lay the first brick can take two years. And this one took you six in total. Yeah, I think it was mainly because of the site. Uh, we had to create multiple tiers to, to the garden. So we had to build up the garden in, in various stages. Because it was mostly rock, we couldn't, uh, we couldn't blast it uh, because of the neighbors. So we, we had to drill and dynamite. That took four years. Um, in the evening, you would hear these cracks um, and we knew the job was uh, was on the way. In the mornings, we, we had to, with small TLBs, um, break them into smaller pieces, lift them to the top, you know, you know, then sort of take them off site. So that was the rock. The next thing is once the walls of the tiers of the, of the lawns were created, we had to bring in soil, some 30,000 tons. At that time, they were establishing the, the Hao Trang, and they were creating at, uh, at the one end of the Monroe Drive huge, huge mounds of soil that were coming out, and they didn't know what to do with it, and we needed soil. So uh, we spoke to um, the powers that be, and we ended up with, gosh, some days, 40 or 50 trucks at a time moving soil from one end of the St. John's Road, school, school road, r- right up to, to where the property is, having to sort of appease neighbors, but we, we got it done. And what about inside? You you spoke about the interior architects and the and the interior designers. Where does the furniture come from, and does that get sold with the house as well? I think the the architecture, uh, Alec, was was we we wanted to create something that was sort of it had a classic lean, but was living in today's world. So it had to have quite a lot of contemporary uh, aspects. The architecture of the home is very much a Belle Epoque feel, so we, we know that it's timeless and it's, it's particularly elegant. The interiors obviously have to match that, but you have interior architecture and you have interior design, and a lot of people don't, don't really get that distinction. The interior architecture uh, are things like the, the, the detailed ceilings, the, the details in the marble floors, the, um, the cabinetry detailing. That's even before you put one stick of furniture in. That is terribly important because not only has that got to live with the, the architecture and the feel of the, uh, of the structure, but you know it's got to complement the furnishings that come in. You have two teams, you know, one that's working on the interior architecture, but they're, they're, they're coordinating constantly with the, the interior design team who are putting together the furnishings. With Gatsby, a lot of the furnishings... Um, I personally source from around the world. Um, so I, I, I forget how many years. I was picking up chandeliers um, from markets in, in Paris. Um, I was buying um, Murano crystal. I, I was going to markets in Belgium picking up marble statues. I went to Argentina to pick up the front doors from, a, from an old palace. It, it was really quite exciting. So I think... You know, in that regard, it, it, it is totally unique. Is this a business for you that you build these incredible homes and and take so long to build them and then live in them at least? Or, or do you enjoy them at all before you do sell them? I think it's an interesting question because, and this is obviously um, part of you know part of my business, we create these bespoke homes for, for clients. With Gatsby, it, it, was, it was really a personal love affair. I, I loved the site, and I wanted to take time to create something that I personally would love. So hence, I could take, uh, you know, I could take a lot longer than we normally would. Interestingly, from the very beginning, I, I realized that I, I was just really a custodian of something quite amazing. And as it started taking form and, and taking shape um, and, and coming toward completion, 
I knew that this this would pass on to, to to somebody to somebody great. How are you going to be marketing it? How do you make sure that you don't have a repeat exercise as uh, as the one that you told us about right in the beginning of this discussion? Alec, I think the thing is to market market this quite quietly and positively, but confidentially. The sort of person that's that, that's going to purchase this house. And, and come and view the house from the very beginning, even from introduction side, is by referrals and is really they're, they're they're looking for a trophy property. And very many times they the biggest thing for them is confidentiality. That really sort of presents a, an issue when you're marketing. But we're quite a, a well-known brand, and so we we network widely here and um, regionally and worldwide to hopefully attract. Uh, that sort of person, because we only need one person to purchase this sort of home, but there is only one home like this. So it really is just to connect, to connect the two. And the price-wise, are you also north of a hundred million? Other things being equal, if we were in particularly uh, strong economic times, this house, even by replacement value, would be in excess of 120 million. So, you know, one would expect that would be a starting point. Um, we we obviously open to offers, uh, and we do know that whoever purchases purchases this home would would want it, you know, fully furnished. And it is literally fully furnished. It you know, has everything there just to move in. Uh, what is very nice with this sort of clientele that we we also provide a service where even you know aspects like your your clothes, your linens, your cutlery, which is obviously of a of, of a of, of a particularly high standard, um, can be purchased bespoke for you prior to you moving in, and and even put into its place or laid out for you. It sounds to me like it's a billionaire, somebody who's made an enormous amount of money or inherited it, or someone who sees South Africa as or. Johannesburg in particular is the gateway into Africa. Is that the the the, the, the likely purchaser? Spot on, Ali. That's that that's 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 the sort of client. That was the owner of Johannesburg headquartered Pellerade, creators of luxury homes for the super rich of South Africa. This has been The Rational Perspective. Until the next time, cheerio.